On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are talking Oscars. That's right, folks. The Academy Awards are this weekend, and we are going to be making our selections. For those of you that know, I am a huge fan of the Oscars. I love movies, and I love making these picks. This year, we're not sure what's going to happen, as it seems like a lot of the acting categories are pretty much sealed up. So we're going to see who we think is going to win Best Actor. Is it Joaquin? Can Leo sneak in there again and get his second trophy? I don't know. Then for Best Actress, everyone's saying Renee Zellweger's got it locked up, but can ScarJo make a run? And then we're going to talk about some of the best pictures of the year. My favorite, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, which is a great movie, and we're going to talk about 1917 as well. Are there going to be some upsets? We're also going to talk gambling with some over-unders and some predictions that you might want to bet on here. So stay tuned for our special Oscars edition of episode 67 on Double Down Trend. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host. Once again, we are joined by our model, a.k.a. Aaron. What's going on, sir? I'm back. Fresh off the slopes. I barely made it. We had some great snow earlier this week and some weekday skiing is never one that you can shy away from, but I am back and I am excited to talk non-sports with you guys. I'm going to dip into my pop culture. It's great, man. And we're going to welcome on our NFL insider, Coulter, who is now our movie insider, who's going to give us some expertise. What's going on, bud? Not too much. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. You know, a nice Saturday morning, cup of coffee, talking movies. You know, this is one of my favorite times of year. Um, you know, I love I love the Oscars. I love the history of it and people that complain about it. You know, there's ways to fix it. But overall, I love what this, this show stands for and just the, you know, citing back the history of it and who's won what and what year. And before we were doing this, it was like right off the top of my head. You mentioned supporting actor and how loaded that category is this year. And it was like immediately I was like, no, in 2012, they were all winners. Like that was the first time that ever happened because it's like that's just the kind of stuff that sticks with you. And if you, you kind of build the, uh, the the fame and the legend through this kind of a show. And that's what I love about the Oscars. Yep. And as a movie lover, I, I'm just obsessed with the Oscars. I always have been. So it's always fun talking. This is our second year doing this, guys. So first of all, kudos. Job well and done. I- we're still here. I'd be remiss. Most importantly, we're doing it year number two, all because of one man, and that's Yorgos Lanthimos. He really uh, he is he is the George Washington of Oscar betting. I mean, this is the reason why this little mini industry within the mini industry exists. Uh, last year, he went from fifty to two to one uh, on the odds. It was insane. I've never seen anything like it until this year's Purple Gatorade thing. So. I really, when stuff like that happens, that just sparks my ears. And, and that was a lot of fun last year. And, and maybe we'll have another one this year. I guess that's why kind of why we're doing the podcast is to see yep. if there's a needle in a haystack kind of Yorgos out there. You never know. So this was a fun game that we did last year. We're going to do it again. So uh, this year there are nine movies nominated for best picture. Now, Mr. Model, how many of the nine movies this year have you seen? <laughs> Zero, Bob. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) So to clarify, you are going to be providing the math, the numbers, the odds. You're setting the lines. You're our bookmaker for this. I am purely along for the ride, trying to give you guys a little data-driven perspective. And I am also going to be the one slurping in the knowledge to them. I'm pumped to learn something new. All right. I like it. Uh, I personally have seen six. And I'm really disappointed. There's one big one that I have not seen that we'll talk to. Um, but normally I like to try and see almost every movie that's nominated. And I came close. Alter, how many did you get of the nine? You know, I, my goal before this pod was to get to nine to nine, but I'm still at seven. I really whiffed on going to see Ford versus Ferrari throughout the month of January and Little Women. Uh, I swear, Kelly and I tried to see that movie five different times and it just 
every time we run into a roadblock, whether it's with tickets or the movie being sold out or us, one of us getting sick and not being able to go, it's kind of crazy. So now little women's entered into that category of movie. I can't seem to see. Uh, but anyways, they're both 200 to one to win. So I feel like if the, if the two movies I'm not, I haven't seen are really, really dark horses. I haven't never seen a 200 to one, uh, in this kind of a category. So these two movies definitely don't stand a chance. Uh, I think 1917 did a good old fashioned box out of Ford versus Ferrari. There were two movies that were kind of set for this old timey crowd. And those are the two. And 1917 just kicked Ford versus Ferrari's ass off the block. And little women is one of those movies because, uh, Greta Gerwig's not nominated for director. I think that's why it's ended up as such a long shot, uh, without the director nomination or the editor, it's tough to build a case for that movie having any sort of a chance. And those are why those are the kind of the two long shots. We probably won't talk about them much because you and I have both not seen them. Is that correct? Oh, no, you said correct. you haven't seen Jojo. Jojo, Rabbit yeah. Is the other one. Okay. But yeah, so I figured just t- talk about those two off the top, uh, that they're the long shots um, and they don't really stand much of a chance. I think Little Women has costume and, and screenplay and we'll get to Best Actress in a little bit. Uh, so its name could be mentioned during the show, but uh, during the awards show next week on Sunday. But uh, I, I think those two movies are definitely long shots in the best picture race. Yeah. So last year we saw for the first time the Oscars go without a host. And I actually thought it went pretty well. I think, Coulter, you and I talked about this, that we kind of predicted this might happen kind of moving forward. And sure enough, there's no host who, this year. Who wants it? I mean, it's such a thankless gig. I, I'm not surprised to see this either. Uh, and I, I don't think that's the real problem with the Oscars. I don't think the length is the problem with the Oscars. I think uh, it starts a little late on Sunday. I think if you did it at the same time as the Super Bowl at 6.30, that's one way to fix it. Uh, you're not competing with football, so why don't you move it up? I never understood why it starts at 8 o'clock. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the only thing I know is it's on the West Coast, so it would be like it would have to start 3.30 there. But I think that's just the move you have to make for the audience. Yeah. Up to watch Best Picture at like 11.30 midnight. It, that's why this thing doesn't have a lot of juice anymore is because the biggest award, the biggest reveal, I mean, think about the moonlight, uh, Ella, uh, La La La, uh, La La land thing a couple of years ago. That was an amazing moment in Academy history. Thank God I stayed up and watched that live, but I mean, I've missed the finale the last maybe four of the last seven years, I think. So, I mean, it's, and I love the Oscars and sometimes I, I nod off and miss it. So it's like, you don't want to miss that golden moment. I, I think moving it up is one, one suggestion I have. I have another big one. If you guys wanted to hear it before we yeah, jump into the let's odds. go. We're going to we're talking some ways to improve the show because it seems like every year people are talking this, about this. How bad are. And I'm actually going to tie it into our first main point. Uh, so 1917 is now, you know, when we started talking about doing this podcast, it was kind of a 1917 versus Parasite versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They were all kind of around the same odds. Uh, at the beginning of this, uh, when the when the nominations were first unveiled, 1917 is a runaway train uh, of epic proportion. Now it's a heavy, heavy favorite, and the model will get into that in a second. But the way to fix the Oscars, in my opinion, is it's unfair that a movie like 1917, which I really enjoyed and I think is plenty deserving of Best Picture, but the reason why it's winning Best Picture is the way that it was released and the timing of it, and it's now it's caught this kind of wind uh, being a late release movie. It was released the latest of all these movies. So my thing of fixing this is let's turn the Academy Awards into what it is, the best of the year, and have it take over the Golden Globe slot that first weekend in January. We all come back from our double holidays. We have the uh, wild card football weekend, and we're all ready for it. I mean, Golden Globes do pretty fine business in terms of uh, watchability that first weekend in January. Let's just do it then. Let's cut out this uh, this bullcrap process at every January. It seems that it, it gets so diluted by uh, these different award shows like the Globes, uh, and it gets diluted by you know the DGAs and the Producers Guild, and then it becomes so obvious who's going to end up winning these acting categories, uh, which is a huge problem. We'll get into this year that there's so many big favorites. Uh, I just think fix it. Let's end it year end December 31st. The two, three, four days, five days at the very maximum later. Let's crown best picture and let's be done with the year of movies. I hate this little layover period. It allows a movie like 1917 to get unfair momentum. And now it's put away a movie like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite. I'm not going to bet on it this week because I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to lose money and also lose hope. I want to, you know, hope that maybe it upsets 1917. But when I think of 2019 in movies, and you might disagree with me, but I think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that is 2019's best 
movie that represents the year. I saw it in the middle of the year. I got to sit on it. It's saturated in my blood. I, it stayed with me for a while. 1917 is just a movie I saw in between the holidays that was like rushed, you know, it was crammed in. And now it just has this unfair uh, wave of momentum. So I think in order to actually name the best picture, having a shorter schedule and doing it immediately after the year ends is the best way to go about it. What do you guys think about that? I actually like that. It, you know, it seems like you said every year there's a movie that catch a, catches this uh, you know, wave of momentum, and then all of a sudden they start sweeping up these uh, other award shows. And you know, if you really are a savvy better, I mean, obviously you can look at the favorites on some of these betting boards, but if you watch the – or you at least see what happens at like the DGAs, the SAG Awards, those things, like you said, you're, you're going to get trends and you're going to see what happens. So I'm on board with that. Um, I actually have one suggestion for how I would fix this, okay, because – it seems to me that more often than not, the Academy does not get the best picture right. And it's Always just kind of wrong. Yeah. And it feels like Always. it's because of that momentum that we just talked about. So I have a. And the campaigning, you, the longer the campaigning lasts. And this year is weird because it's a shorter schedule. So there's less campaigning and the votes are already in. So and so it's actually should be working against 1917. But for some reason, 1917 has just caught this late momentum and it's really riding it harder than anything I can remember. Yeah. So for me, um, and it's something that I always uh, associate with movies is I like to, you know, have a relationship with these movies by rewatching them and consuming uh -huh. them over and over. I that's think there point. needs to be an award. That's like 10 years back, like a retrospective award. Like let's look at a movie that was, that was 10 years ago and let's revote on it. You know, you can, you might get the movie held up and still win it again. And then you might get like the, the, the lasting, um, I guess, legacy of a movie that uh, you would change your experience with it. I have a suggestion for this, actually, that could make this actually a real thing. So they do the Lifetime Achievement Award every year, right? Why don't we bake this into the award show where it's like the 10th anniversary award and it's just a movie that was overlooked. So that way we're not going back into the voting of, you know, here are 10 movies. Let's pull them in and like see what the position is. Rather, let's select one that was overlooked and really highlight it like they do with the people, you know, and kind of yeah. celebrate its greatness and its legacy 10 years later because it might have been overlooked in the moment. These movies get overlooked, I guess, is the, the bottom yeah. line is that a movie like 1917 is going to make something like The Irishman. You know, we're not going to talk about the Irishman like we do right. about Goodfellas, and that's kind of almost unfair, I think. And that's a great point because I was going to talk about that. The the really the, the movies that stood out to me this year, Once Upon a Time on Hollywood, Irishman, Joker, really stood out to me for different reasons. Like when I saw Joker, it was uh, an experience in the movie theater that just kind of floored me. It was an incredible acting job. It was a dark, twisted movie, but it was a movie that I don't think I would want to rewatch multiple times. Whereas with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, and The Irishman, so I rewatched them, so yeah. yeah, and I actually ended up liking both of those movies better after I'm consuming them. And, and to me, that's the sign of a great movie. But I don't know. I, I guess we're not I, in the academy. I, I do want to make uh, to kind of go off that point, and it, you know, there, we're clamoring and, and trying to fix the show. But this year, it was a great year in movies. I think. Yeah. My favorite year of the entire decade uh, was 2019 uh, in terms of movies. So it really it rounded out a, what I would think was a rather weak decade for film. Uh, upon a time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so rewatchable. You just said it's such a good point. And I think The Irishman is brilliant. I, I mean, this is the first time in a while. Both 1917 and Parasite, I was in my chair for five minutes plus after the movie ended. Those movies both floored me in different ways. Uh 1917, the whole theater was sitting, you know, for a while after that ended. And Parasite, it was just like you're paralyzed by the end of yeah. it. The end, the ending is Godfather Two asking it. It's, it's sadness. It's levels of sadness. Um, um, not to give away too much about the movie, but like it's just. <laughs> I mean, these are great films, and and so although we complain about the show, I, I do want to honor the movies that we're going to be talking about because it's been a fantastic year. Yeah, for sure. Great segue here. So let's jump in. There's a couple of really interesting storylines that we're going to look at this year. Um, as you said, Coulter, to to me, there seems to be really a, a three horse race here. And you might even argue that it's not. But um, the ones that we think have a legitimate chance to win Best Picture here, you got 1917. You've got Parasite. And I think you might be able to squeeze in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood here. So what do you think on those three movies? Yeah, my earlier point about it, the Oscars taking the Globes weekend, what we would have really had if this award show was actually on January 2nd or January 9th instead of February 9th is we would have had Hollywood as a very big favorite because a month ago, this was the odds on favorite. So now that it's uh, plus 750 is really shocking to see a drop like this. 
to the point where everybody is saying that it's not there. It's a two horse race. So it's really gone from a three horse to a two horse over the last two weeks. And over the last month, Hollywood's gone from favorite to third. Uh, the only chance that Hollywood has, and I'll, I'll give this to the listeners at winning. And so you might want to take these odds. I'm not going to do them because I, I personally want to see the movie win itself rather than win money. But the one chance it does have is, I think we went over this last year, the cockamamie voting of yeah. the Oscar best picture. So it might not actually be the best picture, but it might get the most second place votes, which might take it and win it first place. If that makes any sense. I think that's what happened with green book last year yep. is that it was more uh, everybody's second favorite movie and less actually the best picture. So we could see that this year with Hollywood. Uh, it's important to remember that a lot of actors have votes. That's the biggest sector of the voting. And it is an actor's movie. It's about old timey Hollywood. And 1917 is not a movie. Uh, that's not an actor's movie, at least. Yeah. And so, so as, as Coulter mentioned, um, we, we talked about a little bit last year. There's a thing. The Oscars do a thing called preferential balloting, meaning Thank if you, you yeah. voted for, uh, uh, let's say, Ford versus Ferrari as your number one best picture, if it doesn't receive a certain percentage of number one votes, that movie is then removed from your ballot and then your everyone else moves up a spot. So I, I don't know what the exact percentage is. I forgot it. But that's kind of weird things that happen. And I do want to read out just the odds right now for those uh, three movies, 1917, Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So as you said, Coulter, 1917 is the odds on favorite here. It's heavy there at negative 260 for best picture. Parasite is second with plus 280. And then you got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood third with plus 750. So. I don't know, man. Do you got value here? I know you talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood maybe being something that you want to look at. Uh, I just I don't want to jinx it. That'd be like betting on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I just really I want to keep my money off of that one. Uh, I do think there's great value in Parasite at three to one. This was even money like three weeks ago. So the fact that it's bumped up all this way, there's no value in 1917 anymore. You missed the the train, so to speak. I, it's a runaway train now. You missed it. Um, if you wanted to put money on that. So I would not recommend anyone who's listening to that to do anything with 1917. Parasite has a couple of really good storylines. It would be, uh, you know, independent studio winning best picture, foreign language movie winning best picture. Uh, it was a box office success. So there's definitely that that it has going for it. And it won at the uh, SAG uh, Awards, which is an important thing. Again, the acting is the biggest branch of the Academy and it won the Screen Actor Guild for uh, best ensemble cast. Um, I don't think it should actually be as big of a long shot as it is. I think this should be closer in terms of the, the odds. I think it's saying 26%. So I, I think it should actually say it should be higher based on that SAG win. Um, and, 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 you know, 1917 doesn't have an editing nomination, which is important. And uh, I just think there's some value on the, on the longer shots here with Parasite almost three to one and once upon a time over seven to one. The lack of uh, the editing nomination for that movie shocks me. Yeah, no, it's uh, well for 1917. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's because there's there isn't a lot of editing. It's such a cinematographer's movie. That's uh, true. There's only like five or six cuts throughout it, so it's it's easier to the, you know the cinematography was built it kind of built towards the editing versus the editing actually having any sort of say on the movie. It's all like the the momentum carries the the movie rather than the editing. Yeah, and, and it's not like Pulp Fiction where like you know, the jigsaw pieces are all arranged by the you know person who's editing the movie yeah and i want to move uh real quick though because to me the irishman was something that stood out to me the first time i watched it i liked it i I wasn't like blown away by it but then as i said I, i watched it a second time and i realized how great this movie is and we were talking about it individually, you know, just via text when we were watching these movies that I think it's going to age incredibly well. I think yeah. it's going to have almost a similar lifespan as Goodfellas. It's not going to be on Goodfellas level. That's to me is my favorite movie of all time. But it, it's got elements of that. You see Scorsese's brilliance. Uh, I don't understand how this movie just completely lost its momentum. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that if you were to ask me the storylines going into this year's Oscars, it's this 1917 versus Parasite, which is really interesting debate because of the differences there. But then number two would be Netflix again, because last year Roma lost. And I know it won for Best uh, Best Director and the company did take home other awards. And Netflix looks like it's primed to get uh, at least a few other awards, whether it's your best documentary or stuff like that. But the Irishman, which is its biggest budget movie has 10 nominations and we're going to get to the over under on how many we expect to win. 
but here's a preview of my estimation. It's a big fat zero, which is really, really shocking. Whoa. And if that's the, the, what ends up happening, I think that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest storylines is how the movie that was the favorite at one point, this was the odds favorite back in, I think May or, or, or June when people were really early prognosticating this thing. Uh, has now gone all the way to 60 to 1. It was 10 to 1 as recently as January 17th. Of the, uh, the value of, and Vegas is saying it's a very, very long shot in all caps long. But uh, Martin Scorsese is a big time director. So if you want to put a dollar on it, I, would, I wouldn't say shy away from it. That's a fun little bet. I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. And that's one that we'll, I think we'll get to. So let's look ahead here. So, uh, Mr. Model, we've got three movies that we're going to look at with an over under here uh we're leaving out 1917 for this comparison but we're talking joker once upon a time in hollywood and we're talking the irishman uh let's start with the joker so the joker's got 11 nominations give us your line on the over under for how many you think like give set the line for us if you will yeah so you just mentioned joker has 11 nominations for possible awards it can win i'm going to put you both on the spot here you guys are going to take an over-under on how many actually come through and they actually win. So for Joker, I'm going to put the line at four. Are you taking the over four awards one or under four awards one? I have an important question. We should have gone over this in the pre-production, but uh, are we doing best bets on these or no? No, this is just going to be you make an over-under. Just you, uh, you pick over-under. <laughs> I was going to say, because my best, my best bet is under four on Joker. I, I only see it winning best actor and um, best original score. I don't see it winning picture. I do not see it winning director. Uh, I do not see it winning sound, either of the sound categories. I definitely do not see it winning costume or cinematography. Film editing is maybe one where it could get in there. Adapted screenplay is another possibility. Makeup and hairstyling would be the other one. Uh, I the, the two wins I have for it are actor and score, and then three other possibles. And if it's three other possibles, I, I'm going to go with the under because I just don't think the odds are in its favor to win uh, those three ones that are kind of on the the adapted screenplay. I think is going to go to a Little Women, so I just don't see it. Yeah, I uh, I was shocked that this led the nominations with 11. I really liked it. And I think you're correct, Coulter. You're definitely getting Joaquin at best actor, best score. I'm surprised you threw that out there. Cause that's what I was sitting on. That was my little nugget that I was going to hopefully uh, keep in my back pocket. But uh, I think it wins best score. And like you said, the only other one I think it could win here is uh, makeup and hairstyling. But I got to say under as well. I got to say under, I think it might get three. Um, I think it's, it's with, a shoe in for two. With the makeup and hairstyling, and this is why I really love the under and why I'd make it like the proverbial best bet is because uh, kind of like the Super Bowl, you're betting like a, a storyline. And my storyline for the Oscars is that they're going to sprinkle it out. I don't think any movie wins more than four awards. And so Bombshell is the favorite for makeup and hairstyling. And I see that being the one win that that film gets because it's nominated in a couple acting categories that I don't think it's going to win in. So I think they do sprinkle an award over to Bombshell in the makeup department, whereas the Joker will be celebrated for its score and its acting. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see Joker having a great night. Uh, it, it, you know, Todd Phillips would be a real dark horse. I don't, I don't see it, and I wouldn't recommend it. But I mean, you know, he he did lead the film that had eleven nominations. So that's true. Okay, fifty to one. Fifty to one is no respect to Todd Phillips for a movie that has eleven noms. So that's true. Interesting. All right, Mr. Model, take us to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. So this movie has 10 nominations. I am setting the over underline at three and a half. Kaz, ah. I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah. This is a tough line. This is sure. so tough. This is a perfectly set line by you, Mr. Model. So kudos there. Um, you're getting Best Supporting Actor. I think if Brad Pitt has this in the bag. I also think you're getting best original screenplay here. They might as well yes. just fucking rename that award the Quentin Tarantino Award here. I would love, love, love to see our guy QT sneak in uh, best director uh, in an award he's been nominated over and over and over again, but just keeps getting passed up on. I just don't know if he's going to be able to swing best director here. Um, I got to go under three and a half here. I think I think he might get the third one. I don't know if it's. In production design, I think that one. I mean, you saw the the yeah. buildings, the old. I was going to say, I was gonna say Holly, Hollywood has three locks, or at least they're it's the favorite in three categories: supporting actor and screenplay, as you nailed in production design. So, 
I think we get three. And then I, I have costume design as a three to one underdog as one of my kind of uh, little sneaky pro- best bets. The Cliff Booth shirt that he wears and takes <laughs> off is the best uh, costume of the year. End of discussion. <laughs> I, there's really nothing better. And, you know, Little Women is the favorite right now. How many times have we seen these period piece dress movies? I mean, yeah. Hollywood has some iconic stuff. The Kurt, Kurt Russell glasses, the Margaret Qualley uh, short shorts. Uh, you've got the Italian, the dress that Leonardo DiCaprio's wife wears on the fl- flight home from Italy. I love it for a costume. So I'm going over for Hollywood. And you said it best, too. A little Quinn Tarantino upset would be just awesome. Uh, I like it to get at least four. Uh, if there's any movie that could win five, I do think it's actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I like it. Yeah, yeah they, they could be a dark horse for Best Picture as well. I mean, you just really don't know here, but I got to take. I don't want to get here. my hopes too up. I, I don't want to get my hopes too up. But I'll, yep. I'll give it uh, the costume upset and just cross my fingers for a Best Picture upset. But I, I don't. I think 1917 might have too much momentum. Yeah. Okay, let's go to our last big over under here, The Irishman. What do you got, Mr. Model? Yep. So this one, again, is also nominated for 10 awards. This one, I am setting the line over under. Does it win more or less than two and a half awards? Coulter, I'm putting you on the spot first. What do you think? Yeah, so I just teased that I don't think it's going to get any. Um, And that's because it's a pretty heavy underdog in all these races other than adapted screenplay and Pesci being second in line for supporting actor. But other than that, it's really in, in a rough spot. Um I, I, I don't want it to get shut out. I, I really like this movie, but I, the more I look at all these categories, I don't see how it can win other than maybe in the screenplay category uh, adapted. And I think they might give it to Greta Gerwig. Um, I, what do you guys think? I mean, where else could it possibly win? What am I missing here? I'm going under, uh, but I, I'm open to some alternate takes. Yeah. This, this really upsets me too, because I think adapted screenplay, they've got a shot at, um, but like you said, they're going to, they're going to find a way to get Greta Gerwig involved in this. I mean, she, the, people were upset. She got snubbed by director. I got two storylines with this one that I would just love to see. This movie really was the cap on a incredible gangster movie arc by not just Scorsese, but all the guys in this movie, you got De Niro, you got Pesci, you got Pacino. This is in, in the movie tied in perfectly with the end of that arc. I mean, it, it just showed the end of a, a gangster at the end of his life, reflecting back on what was it all worth it. And that was Scorsese's fucking point of that movie that I think everybody missed due to the length, the visual effects. I think people oversaw that. So I would fucking love, 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 love to have Scorsese get best director and we get Pesci 30 years after he got the award for Goodfellas to come back and win it. I would love to see that. It just pains me that I don't think we're going to get it. And I'm with you, Coulter. I think this movie gets shut out and I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, the one thing I would say, word of the wise, not that you could bet the Oscars live, but if it does win an adapted screenplay, I do love it as a dark horse. I still love it at 60 to one. I, I there's something about it. You just hit it. Uh, you know, this is the ode to the gangster epics, but it, not only is it a mob epic, it's also a historical retelling of a significant time in American history. Green Book just won, doing the same exact thing last year. And you can't, I heard someone say earlier this week on a podcast that like, oh, they're not going to be repetitive with what it gives best picture. Like they're not going to dip the toe in the 1960s pool twice. I don't understand that because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is nominated for a bunch of awards. We just went over that. That movie set in 1960s. Uh, the, the Academy doesn't care about being repetitive with what it, it dawns for best picture. I mean, how many epics have won? I mean, right. Yeah. So I, I don't get how that's being used as a disqualifier here. The one thing I would advise is the Netflix factor, which I can't hammer home en- enough. Um, it has that going against it big time. It, that's probably why it's gotten kind of pushed over here is that 1917 is a celebratory movie of going to the movies. Joker, same thing, did a lot of box office. Parasite did great and celebrates international film. Uh, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood also did really well for a movie that was released in uh, July that had no existing IP before it. So, I mean, these are big movie movies, whereas Irishman, the Netflix factor is huge. I think that's why it has some of its detra- detractors and you can't yeah. ignore that. But again, I'll put the one buck on it for fun. Why not? Six, Love it. Six so, one. For the record, Mr. Model, uh, it pains me, but I'm taking the under two and a half here. Yeah, that's it, it does pain me as well. 
Man, yeah. I wanted more discrepancy in some of these over-unders, but uh, I guess I'll have to just deal with one that you guys are against the grain on each other with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and I'm willing to go out on a pretty strong ledge for Joker being under. That's that would I would put that on. They were offering it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other big storyline here, Coulter, is uh, the acting ca- uh, categories here feel like they are locked up. I really don't even know if we're going to have – a shot at an upset, but you said it before the show. We were talking Olivia Coleman last year did this when we thought Glenn Close had this in the bag locked up. So go over, if you will, uh, the four acting categories and uh, the, the really long, sh- not long shot, the heavy favorites here that we've got to, to pick out. Yeah. I was going to say the acting categories is what makes this show fun. Uh, sometimes as we went over earlier, best pictures already decided and sometimes the director, it, it's a trade-off of the two best movies. One wins picture, one wins director. And that's usually kind of how it does it. It happened last year with Roma and Green Book. But the acting always provides a little bit of intrigue. This year we've got uh, Joaquin Phoenix's The Runaway with Joker. Uh, he's a heavy, heavy favorite. The biggest, He's the most heavy of all the acting favorites. Renee Zellweger for her uh, role in Judy. She's playing Judy Garland at the end of her life. Brad Pitt is playing... Uh, Rick Dalton stunt double Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. People have loved that role. Uh, it's kind of Lebowski type at the end of the Hollywood Goldens era uh, with a penchant for violence. And then Laura Dern is the divorce counselor in Marriage Story. She's also a pretty heavy favorite. Uh, they're all heavy favorites. They're all six, minus 1,600 or more. So that's, you have to put down 160 to win, what, 10 bucks? Yeah. Laura Dern. So that's, um, that's, that's, that's no mas, no bueno. And so you almost feel like you're, you're not really, you know, it's, what are the odds that it's going to happen again? Where Col- like Olivia Coleman was, I think four to one last year that it, it kind of an upset happened. So fingers crossed that it does, but it's the, the odds of it happening twice in, in two years is definitely very slim. Yeah. So and um, that's the caveat before we get into these. Yeah. So before we jump into our value picks here and discuss and make our actual selections, I got to take a second to recognize the best supporting actor category. This has got to be one of the most loaded categories of all time. You've got Brad Pitt, who has not won an acting Oscar, probably will this uh, this week, but he's won an uh, Oscar as a producer. You've got Al Pacino, who's won an Oscar. Joe Pesci's won an Oscar. Anthony Hopkins has won an Oscar and Tom Hanks has won two all nominated for the same category. Talk about firepower. And all excellent, too. I mean, Pacino, for those who have seen The Irishman, know that he adds a little bit of gusto that the movie's missing in its first hour. And when he comes on, I mean, what a definition of best supporting actor. He really just revs the engine of that movie in a way uh, that can't even really be described. He brings an energy that it just doesn't have before he comes on. And Pesci is just so against type in that movie he's so maniacal without saying a lot where you know you're used to him screaming and being flamboyant and violent and just and just being physically imposing where in this movie he's so removed uh and and then tom hanks i mean i was in tears at the end of that movie uh and brad pitt an all-time iconic role i already mentioned the shirt i mean i think cliff booth is easily the most memorable character of all these characters that are nominated this year i don't even think there's a close second uh He's just an iconic uh, movie character. There's yeah. just nothing, nothing else I can say. And Hopkins is is amazing too in that two popes. And there's a lot of other great supporting actor roles throughout the year. I mean, this is a category that shunned Timothy Chalamet in Little Women. It shunned Chris Cooper in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, Richard Jewell, uh, Sam Rockwell. There was a ton of really good supporting turns this year, and and these are the five, and these are some of the best actors in the business for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's look ahead now. Uh, we've got some value plays, just like we did on our props for the Super Bowl. We yeah, have ver- got be very, very cautious with these. Be very yep. Cautious. Again, <laughs> value plays. Treat it maybe like the roulette wheel. Same thing goes like we just said for the Super Bowl props. So Coulter, give us your first value pick. Yeah. So uh, sticking to the acting categories, best actor, I'm, I'm going to use my get out of jail free card and just kind of escape this one. I think uh, Hakeem's going to run away with this one. I loved Adam Driver in Marriage Story and think that performance will go down uh, in the top of his obituary one day. Uh, but kind of like Leo four years ago and Gary Oldman uh, or Leo, I should say four years ago, Gary Oldman two years ago. Uh, these, this is just a runaway. Uh, it's been Hakeem's all season. There's no upset here. Uh, so I'm going to attack the next category with vigor and give our listeners two. 
Uh, Saoirse Ronan from Little Women is my favorite value play on the entire board. She's the youngest actress ever to receive four Academy Award nominations. She's 25 years old. Um, you know, this is the best category to recognize this movie. I could see... I could see something on Monday where if she wins Best Actress, it's all forgotten that Greta Gerwig did not get a nomination for director. I feel like it's a real, real uh, win for the movie in a significant way. Um, so I really could see that storyline brewing over after the show. And that Meryl Streep uh, kind of generational talent has to be recognized eventually. She's She's got four nominations at such a young age. Uh, there's a lot of good storylines to like here. The second one, and this is also great value, Cynthia Erivo. I don't know if you guys have seen her act in uh, she was in this great movie last year with Jeff Bridges, uh, bad times at El Royale. Did you yep. see that? Yeah, I she did. Was gr- she's great. In that. And now she's in HBO's, uh, the outsider, which we'll get to here in a second, but I really like this cause she's won an Emmy and a Tony and a Grammy. So why not an Oscar? She can be an EGOT winner, which is there. I think there's only 11 of those in the world. Um, and she's one of two non-Caucasian nominees this year. So that's something to pay attention to. And a 22 to one, uh, I kind of like this. It's the category that was Olivia Coleman's upset last year. Uh, Judy has not been well seen. It, it's probably the worst box office of all these movies. Uh, so there's that going against it, similar to The Wife last year. Uh, and I think that the review thing, trying to be an EGOT winner for this movie, Harriet, uh, I could see that being a storyline on Monday, too. And the, again, the HBO factor, she's starring in TV right now. And it's very similar to Mahershala Ali last year. Matthew McConaughey did this a couple years ago. When you're hot, you're hot. You're a hot commodity. So maybe people, when they had their ballot, just checked her off because they were watching The Outsider one weekend in January and said, you know, she's really good. I like her. Interesting. And she gets a few votes and steals this award at 22 to 1. I'll, 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 I'll sprinkle. You don't think there's any value uh, on Scarlett Johansson, who has earned a nomination in the Best Actress category and Best Supporting Actress category, which is a rare feat. Yeah, we're going to get to her in a second, actually. I think there's, in terms of value, I like her more for supporting, and I think it's a clearer path for her to win. Uh, in Marriage Story, I think she's really good, but she's one-upped by Adam Driver, and I think if Marriage Story wins anything, it will be in that original screenplay upset over Tarantino. I, I don't see how Marriage Story, oh, and it will win for Laura Dern's performance, too, but I don't see it winning anywhere else. Um Unfortunately, it was a really good movie, but uh, I, I just don't forecast it winning many other places. And I think she she's going up against a real buzzsaw with Renee Zellweger. Uh, and the, the only reason why I'm throwing out these uh, Ronan and Arivo is because I think that there's value on them and the parts are bigger, too. You know, Ronan's playing a character that's been reprised four times. Arivo's playing, you know, obviously Harriet Tubman, so a very significant figure, whereas Scarlett Johansson doesn't have that in her performance. She's just kind of a character creation of of Noah Baumbach's marriage story. I forgot to throw out a little piece of trivia that I would like both of you to take a guess on here. Because if Joaquin wins for Best Actor playing the Joker, it will only be the second time that two people have won an acting Oscar for playing the same role. Can you name the other role and who the actors are? Vito Corleone is... Uh, played by De Niro and Brando in the first and second Godfathers. Damn, Coulter, you are cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that useless Academy Award trivia on hand when when someone quizzes you. <laughs> I actually, this is a good little caveat because I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Jeopardy Tournament of Champions, the greatest of all time. Oh, uh, I saw that question. I was, yeah. you know, it, it stumped me. I immediately got, uh, what was it, the guy who won last year, right? Quaron. Corona, and then I was like, "Who is the other one?" I kept guessing uh, in year eight, so but he won for Birdman, and I just so, could not get any Lee for the life of me. I was so happy because I got it right, and I was like the happiest fucking guy ever. I was like, "All right, I probably got about maybe five percent of the actual Jeopardy questions right that night, but I got Final Jeopardy that nobody else got on that show. Right, no, none of those guys got it. It was impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could not get any Lee for the life of me. I I actually almost kind of blocked it out of my head that he won for Life of Pi. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I, I kind of just blocked it out. So I, I, I was having a rigid thinking there. Okay, back on track. Give us your. I next was going to say. Play. I was going to say ScarJo keeping with her, uh, thirty-three to one for JoJo Rabbit. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see another award win for JoJo Rabbit. So following my theme of them kind of giving an award to each movie, this would probably be a great area to do it. Um, 
I think ScarJo is one of the biggest celebrities nominated this year, uh, and her next to Brad Pitt with Oscar Gold would be really good for the film industry, kind of to start the new decade. She's got a big movie coming out this year, which is a huge storyline, I think. And uh, she plays the best part of this movie. Uh, the movie never really comes together. I wasn't a big Jojo Rabbit fan, as I said at the top of the pod, but she's she does stuff in this movie where she plays uh, the mom and the dad at the same time, and it's like it's really heartbreaking stuff. Um, and, and interestingly enough, this has actually moved down from 33 to one to 25. So there's a little bit of line movement. I think it shows Duren's grip might be weakening this time next week. We're, we're doing this on a Saturday. If, if we wake up next Saturday and all of a sudden Scarlett Johansson is moved to 10 to one to two to one, we could be watching a Yorgos type deal here. So that's, so that, that's where my little spy glass is on right now, in particular, is this Best Supporting Actress to see if there's any more movement with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I like her somewhere, sneaking in, maybe as a dark horse. I don't know if she's going to win. Just, I can see her with the statue next to Brad Pitt. Yeah. The night. I don't, both of them smiling and looking beautiful. That's Yep. They need star power, and that's how they can get it. I I, uh, I like that pick a lot. I can see ScarJo sneaking away with one of those two awards. Um, all right, what do you got next for a value play? I was going to say, the last – Two, I, I already hit on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for costume at three to one. I think that's good value. And I, I already talked about uh, doing Parasite at three to one. I think that's good value. And then the last one, I wouldn't re- necessarily recommend it because I think Brad Pitt is such a substantial favorite and I want him to win. Uh, but Joe Pesci at nine to one. You got to love that. Um, uh, he was great in this movie. And Netflix, again, might get completely shut out. So maybe win for best original screenplay for marriage story or documentary but this might be their only other chance at a winner is pesci uh and laura dern obviously too so he would be a top line winner for that company and i do think there's pretty good value of him pulling that that upset 30 years after a good fellas win so there's some symmetry there will he win i don't really i don't think so i wouldn't recommend anyone actually put on anything on that yeah and we, we kind of talked about best picture so you like parasite as a three to one and you liked the Irishman at 60 to one. So Mr. Model, if you would be so kind, can you give us what that actually translates to in terms of an implied probability? Yeah. So the odds we're seeing for the best picture with Parasite right now are plus 280, which translates to right around 26% chance likely to win. And then for the Irishman, we're seeing uh, it at plus 6,000, which is just under 2% chances to win. Uh, breaks my heart, but let's go to, uh, we're, Talking about Tarantino, I said I would love to get Tarantino a Best Director. He's been nominated a whole bunch of times for that award, just does not come through and win it. Um, I think I think this is Sam Mendes' award, even though he's already won Best Director. What are the odds here for uh, our guy QT? And give us the implied probabilities for that one as well, because I would love to see him sneak in for that one. Sorry. <laughs> Do you want me to grab? Do you want me to grab it or no? Please. It's plus twelve hundred eight percent. Thank you. We can edit this. We'll do some editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so spaced. It, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> QT's value is at eight percent. Um, director is the hardest one to pick. Their value shines on QT, um, and I think there's been a really drastic reaction to Sam Mendes. I, his odds were not. I mean, it, it, he was twenty to one to win the Golden Globe. So now that he's this big of a favorite over some of these other guys like Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese, doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, Bong Joon Ho also has a lot of momentum, I think. So I think this one's really hard to predict. This might be where we get our Olivia Coleman. I think yeah. Bong Joon Ho at uh, three seventy five. That might actually be exactly what Olivia Coleman closed at last year. So I think that might be the best value. And I just don't want to jinx Quentin Tarantino. And also if Vegas is saying it's 12 to one, it, it, to me, the numbers just say that once upon a time in Hollywood has just somehow been boxed out of here, even though I thought it was going to be the favorite. It looked like the favorite two or three weeks ago. It's just been boxed out. I, I don't know what else there is to say. The one thing going in its favor is that it has Pitt winning that supporting actor award, which has been so, so important over the years for movies winning best picture. I don't know if you guys know the history of that, but dating back even last year, you could see with uh, Mahershal Ali winning for green book and then it winning best picture. So it's very important to get one of those acting uh, categories. If you're going to win best picture. Yeah. And I think the directing category, like you said, Coulter, there's good. This is the shakeup category here. Sam Mendes deserves it. The directing was fantastic on that one. Everyone's talking about it. Um, I think you're going to see, 
uh, an upset, whether it's Bong Joon-ho, Tarantino or Scorsese. And like you said, the dark horse is Todd Phillips there. I think it's going to be Bong Joon-ho because I think Parasite is going to get recognition at this, uh, this it, award show. If you're asking me for my dream prediction or outcome, it would be Bong Joon-ho winning for director and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and having a double upset that we can do a reaction podcast to. Yeah. Uh, a celebratory uh, for both of them because I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was my favorite movie of the year, personal favorite, and then Parasite I thought was the best movie of the year. So those both getting represented in the top two and all, both pulling upsets would be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, so that's what I'm kind of pulling for myself personally. If I'm going to pick it down the down the ballot, 1917 wins for picture. Uh, Bong I do have winning in mind just because I do think there will be some sort of upset. And then Hakeem Brad, Lord Dern. I really do like Saoirse Ronan. Uh, I could see her giving a speech. Uh, so that would be my one wild card other than Bong Joon-ho. And then Quentin Tarantino winning for screenplay. Greta Gerwig winning for adapted cinematography 1917. I think you and I both went up with original score Joker. So yep, I think it gets kind of sprinkled out. And that's how I kind of see it going. And uh, I'm excited for the show on Sunday. I'm with you. So I'm going to give you my rundown for those categories. Agreed. Uh, we got Joker winning original score. I agree. 1917 takes home the cinematography. I also agree that Quentin Tarantino wins the original screenplay award. It should just be named after him. Yeah. Uh, I also like, well, see, this is a, this is the adapted one throws me off here. I think you might see some fireworks with adapted screenplay here. Um, do it. I, I like what you said where they're going to have to find a way to get Little Women some kind of recognition here. So that could be Greta Gerwig's. Uh, I, I just think one of these, either I mean, the Irishman the Irish, or the Joker is going to The Irishman is going to win this and pull the all-time upset. It starts with adapted screenplay. Because yeah. you know what the Irishman reminds me of is uh, Spotlight, only one for original screenplay and picture. And so I don't see Irishman winning for many of these awards. But if it wins a writing award, I think it actually stands a chance at picture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The odds are obviously saying it stands no chance, but I don't know. There's a lot of Scorsese fans and I don't know. It's just, yep. I, just, I can't, I refuse to believe that this movie is a 60 to one. That's the weird part about this. Yeah. And that's one. I, I just think there's going to be an upset there. So whether it's Irishman or Joker, that's the only one I'm going to differ on with you here. Um, supporting actress. I agree is Laura Dern supporting actor. I got Brad Pitt um, best actor. I got Joaquin. I just don't think I can do an upset for best actress either here. So I, I it pains me yeah, that you know what it is. It reminds me of picking the 16 seed last year. Yeah. I saw people doing this after uh, Virginia lost to UMBC the year prior. And it was like, Oh yeah, we might as well do it. It's already happened. It's like, well, no, it, the reason why it didn't happen prior to that for like 50 plus tournaments is because it's really, it never happens. And so it's like, Olivia Coleman type upset last year is a rarity. That doesn't usually happen at the Academy Awards. Right. So the and odds, odds of it happening again this year are very slim. So yeah. can't beat that drum enough for the listeners. And I'll be honest, I have not seen Judy. I have zero interest in seeing <laughs> Judy, nor will I ever see Judy. But so that's why there's value in that category. I yeah. Because it's the one category, if you look at it closely, all these movies were wildly seen. Even Marriage Story, I think, really was – it took over the weekend that it was released. It was in the, in the trending you know, on social media and making a pretty big splash. Uh, all these other movies came out and did really well at the box office. And then if they were on Netflix, I think you, know, you look at uh, Marriage Story and Irishman, I think they were significantly cultural impact movies. So I think all these movies are really big. And then you look at something like Judy, so small, so unseen. It's just like The Wife last year. Yeah, there is a chance that it could just get completely overlooked and consumed that's why, by the big corporate machine. Yep. That's why I like ScarJo there. And I think you said it too. Uh, Sorce Ronan's got a shot there. So I think that's the category to look for for an upset. But I just uh, – I'm not going to bet on that one. Um, yeah. If, got, if you do do anything, it's – you know, just make it very tiny, whatever you do. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, Joaquin for best actor. I am agreeing with you. I'm going best director is Bong Joon-ho. For Parasite, and then I'm gonna Bucky here. I I just something about 1917. I know it's got the momentum. I know it's the favorite here. Uh, I am going against type here. I don't think it's gonna be Good. Parasite. I'm going with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's gonna win this award. I just uh, don't jinx it. it. I, I, I know. I wanted, I, know. I wanted to give it. I wanted to give it to uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I just don't really. I can't jinx it. I just can't do it to myself. 
I mean, when you look at the odds and you're looking for an upset here, 1917 is minus 260. I just think no that's value on that. no value there. Parasite at plus 280. I would be shocked if they gave best picture to a foreign movie, even though it deserves it. It's a fucking great movie. But I just yeah. think they, they've got to find a way to get Quentin Tarantino an award here besides screenplay. So I just I like it. I think I'm going to pick one spot time in Hollywood plus 750 there for the winner. So slight disagreement like there. Too. Yeah, and to, to the point I just made about the screenplay for The Irishman, having either a screenplay win is really huge momentum. So in, in 1917, I think it actually is nominated for its screenplay somehow. I don't know why, but uh, I don't think it has a chance to win. So I think that will go against it. And not having that editing nom will also go against it. And no acting nom. So for yeah. a movie that has all those things going against it to be such a heavy favorite, I, I think you're you're highlighting something that's pretty good for the listeners. And if, if you're listening at home, there's some value out there for sure. Yeah, and the one thing to watch, because I think they do the screenplays pretty early in the night. If Parasite steals this award from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then look out, because that could be Parasite's momentum swing and that they just come out here and steal director and they end up sneaking in and winning Best Picture. <laughs> that would be great, too. I love I love both the screenplays for those two movies for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, a really good episode, guys. Uh, I absolutely love, love, love the uh, the Oscars. I'm going to make my picks. Coulter, Aaron, let's put up uh, all of our picks. I think there's 24. So we'll go through. We'll uh, we'll tweet out what we've got. We'll put together a little ballot sheets and uh, see how everyone does. Little housekeeping. We are going to be on a little bit of a break. February is a slow month after the Oscars. So we're going to take a hot break for a minute. Clean the, clean the heads out. Go back to neutral. And uh, start back up for March Madness. Any final parting thoughts here, guys, on the Oscars? No, just enjoy the show. And, uh, you know, again, be cautious with what you do. It's not, you know, worth breaking open the piggy bank. But there's there's some fun things that could happen potentially. It, it, it Based on the numbers, though, is very unlikely. So, yeah, just be aware of that. Mr. Model? I got nothing. I'm excited to see how this pans out. Should be fun. Awesome. All right. Well, that is episode 68 in the books, our second breakdown of the Academy Awards. We will see everybody next time on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.